0: be the last one standing two hands in the air i'm a champion
1: you'll be looking up at me when it's over i live for the battle i'm a soldier yeah i'm a fighter like rocky put your flag on your back like Ali.
0: yeah i'm the greatest i'm stronger bet my jewels can't lose i am own
1: yeah. hello and welcome back to another episode of super coach insider my name is ben i'm sweez and thank you for joining us, the Ben and Swish Show, also known as the BS Show, brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, before we move on, now, SC Insider 100, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch, or the audio platforms as well. So Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it, and on the YouTube Swizz.
0: Mate, you do that so much better than me, buddy. YouTube, uh, what is our freaking YouTube? Search, Just search for just us search on search YouTube. insider 100 and that on Twitter, Swiz 26 <laughs> Come find yes. me personally. <laughs>
1: And SC Insider 100, find us on Twitter. We are very active. I've been um, trying to get out a few tweets to the people. So also had your mate Swizz uh, getting a bit of a shout-out this week and had a bit oh, of an nice interaction too, with him man. yesterday. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. very nice. I'm going to shout-out as well to a little bit of Splash Vodka. I'm drinking the watermelon and pomegranates because Chris kept complaining I was drinking the probably the other flavor, which was extremely delicious. And um, also – Sponsored today, so support for Supercatch Insider is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are always precision-engineered tools, uh, tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Over 4 million men worldwide who trust in Manscaped with its exclusive offer for you as well. 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Use the code Insider 100 at manscaped.com. So, again, that's 8 million balls. That's plenty of love and respect, and um, we are very much uh, happily affiliated. It's been two weeks now. So, remember, this isn't a promo code that lasts for an exorbitant amount of time. You've got to think of maybe two more weeks to sort of hit them up and use on that. So, go balls out and um, go and get amongst it. So, that's it. Thank you again to Manscaped. We got their performance package 4.0. I just gave it a bit there. Fourth generation trimmer, which means that, you know, each and every generation it gets better and better and better. The weed whacker, the lawnmower. Take care of yourself. Manscaped.com, 20% off, free shipping, sort of 100. Swizz, I'm going to have a little sip of this, mate. How are yeah, you today?
0: Mate, mate, I'm going good. Thank you to all the people who, um, you know, checked on, in with me after uh, my pod last week, obviously, you know the sad news about my granddad. Uh, weekend was much better. Yeah. Um, you know, watching the Tigers win, as they always do against the Bombers, that was an awesome uh, spectacle, as it always is, for the Dreamtime game. Had a win in cricket, super coach, you know, scoring 2,500, so I to hit back there and uh, feeling good. I just went and saw the lovely Laura at uh, Hands on Therapy, so I'll give her a shout out because she is amazing. So anybody in the uh, east of Melbourne who has uh, any uh, tired or sore muscles, definitely go and check her out because she is an absolute superstar. I'm so concerned, yeah, Swizz. So we're flying.
1: I'm concerned, mate. You're getting a bit of cash on the side here. Yeah, no, mate. I, I, I you, wish, but she she, doing is, your
0: own? she is a good Richmond person, so. I was about to uh, say,
1: is this the one that you keep talking on the group chat about um, doing massage for some of the footy clubs?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, she's she's with Richmond, so. Um,
1: oh, of course. Of course. Yeah, Keeping it straight and narrow there, Swizz. That's right,
0: mate. That's how, that's how I roll, mate. But Now, mate, as I said, mate, we're good. How How about yourself?
1: Yeah, good, good. Um, I was going to try and do my podcast a little bit earlier this week. I'll be away for the weekend through Sporting Commitments, so I won't be watching as much. I'll probably try and watch it on my phone. Um, uh, Foxtel, probably the only good thing that I can do is watch that, obviously, on my phone. Um, Mate, you had the bad news last week. I'm going to have to put my dog down tomorrow. So 15 years, got a tumour, and it's um not good. So 15-year-old girl, the best – my first dog, the best dog I've ever had. And uh, so, yeah, it's just – one of those things. Yeah, no. no, no. Uh, look, mate, I and I was go- I was going to do my team as well early this week. I was going to do it yesterday. I was thinking about doing it today, but the problem is I kind of messed my team up a little bit last week. Where I'm not sure. I know I want a rookie, and I know I want to get rid of Martin and Raoul, which will probably be a main topic for this podcast. But the issue is, I'm not. I need a rookie, and I went Cleary last week, so now I'm like, okay, well, there could be a surprise inclusion at the Suns. Not really a surprise, it's been announced. So I'm actually thinking about even going early on someone um, named Hollands. So
0: mate, I love this kid. Go. I've got I've got him in all my keeper leagues, mate. I've been
1: waiting so long for him to finally play.
0: So um no, I'm very excited and I will well, probably at it. least let's, watch him play one week, but let's yeah.
1: use it as a segue, Swizz. Let's talk about Hollands. He's a 123k mid forward. We can do what we like tonight. Chris isn't here, he gives his shout out as well. Chris is hanging out with his dad who's up from Victoria. I think he's a big Carlton man, his dad. So um, yeah, sure I just said, is. if there's any, yeah, is there anything you want us to say? I'm like, let me guess, it's all about the buy, it's all about the buy, and boys, I don't want to harp on, but hey, guess what? I'm going to harp on. It's all about the buy. So uh, he also did say that um, Canelio is shit and watched Toronto kill his midfield time this week. So that's uh, Chris <laughs> in a nutshell because he got rid oh, of Cornelio two weeks ago. Amazing. Yeah, the, um, I, I, was at my,
0: I was at my wife's uh, singing concert. She's a opera and classical singer and that and so while we're waiting like the sort of get there you get your seat so i'm sitting there watching the gws west coast game i know there was a couple old guys who clearly were just being dragged on there by their uh their partners watching over my shoulder watching the game and then i had to turn it off and then interval turned it back on and when i turned it off Cornelio was on about three points and then i turned it back on and he was on about 80 and i'm like how freaking good is this And that's so uh, yeah no it's fantastic mate
1: Oh, it was fantastic. And I'm pretty sure on my team I was just talking about, look, you know, it's if he goes 88-88, he kind of you know drops a little bit, but it wasn't too dire as everyone was sort of suggesting. Uh, I wonder what's going to happen with Realis for the same kind of scenario. We're talking about that low 400 mark. Uh, maybe he can stabilize, except he had obviously a real bad score in his system as well. But, yeah, Hollands is the big news today. Gold Coast have confirmed he will be having a debut this week. Um, mid-forward swing, which is extremely valuable, particularly if you've got a Bontempelli or you've got a Smith in that midfield and you want to rotate them out. Also extremely good as well if um, we've also got some more d p p So some of the rookies that are heavily owned already might then get the DPP so you can then access that um, forward swing and get a rookie on field for future weeks if you need to. Um, the good news is, right, he had 27 touches, I think two goals and did quite a bit, got quite a few tackles, et cetera, last week. I'm not sure what the role they're going to play him in. So as in, you know, as you know with VFL and the rest of it, it's like, hey, no worries, you're you're a forward kicking, uh, you're a goal kicking mid, and that's your best position, and you're going to, you know, really try and put you in that, particularly in the VFL, etc. But now you're in the in the AFL. I'm hoping they use him in a similar role. Uh, I'm not sure was it Anderson got injured, um, possibly, or maybe I'm just getting flashbacks to my and putting them two and two together, but. It's going to depend on how they play him because if they just put him in the forward pocket, I think it is an issue. And I'm really excited to sort of see if he can carry that form over. Swizz, what do you think? Pretty pretty keen?
0: I think Farah got injured, but 189 centimetres, 85, 86 kilos, went pick seven in his draft year, and he was probably the – he he should have gone one if it wasn't for his injuries. Um, This kid is as good as you can get. You're looking at that sort of next Petrarca type, just that sort of body – Inside explosives can play, go up the forward line, take a contested mark. He's going to do it all. And I've been so, like we've all been waiting to see this kid come in. And because it's the point of difference the Suns need, you know, you know, Rouse more that, you know, sort of bull inside midfielder. Anderson can sort of play both, but he, he does rack up the, the more of the possessions. But to have that kind of Petrarca like player, and, and we see it like, you know, your Dusties, your Dangers, the goies and that, they're just so, such a point oh, of difference. Valuable. Yeah, because, because they can go forward and, and they're just such a tough matchup. So, yeah, I really hope this kid gets an actual good run in it. And I think now that he's in, as long as it, only injury is going to stop him. And that's a touch wood he doesn't get any more injuries. But, um, yeah, I, I I think that he's somebody um, that we will hopefully be having in our sides, not just this year, but in you know three, four, five years, we'll be talking about him in our sides as that you know, guy is a premium
1: Yep, the smartest decision would be to obviously wait because they play. He plays this week, he plays next week. He has the buy, which means that the upgrade straight after the buy, ideally third game, bang, you're in to finalize your team. That would be the smartest move. Uh, I'm not really into smart moves right now, Swiss, so I'm kind of trying to free up cash as quick as I can and just sort of uh, taking a risk. Um, that's sort of what I've been going with at the moment. Uh, look, it's some wins, some losers, but that's sort of where we're at. Speaking yeah. of wins and losers...
0: It's perfect if you've got. Uh, who would you still have? Um, maybe a Ward, um, or McDonald from Hawthorne. Um, maybe if you've still got Horn Francis for whatever reason, um, yeah, sort of one of those guys who's got that round fourteen buy that you've been banking on, um, playing out that long, or even maybe you're playing Dacost and and you've got a um a forward defender up forward and you can loophole back and yeah, bring in a um and bring in an Elijah Hollands for one of them. Yeah, it'd be perfect. Yep.
1: Ideally, you'd hold off because there are a lot of rookies. Um, there's not a. There's not many rookies after this week. Let's be honest. That's kind of a pleasant news for Holland. but a lot of the rookies on the bubble or close to have that middle buy round, uh, which sucks because we're already losing a lot of our premiums in that middle buy round. The last thing you need is also more rookies missing in that time period. So number well, one, straight you, you off the bat, say
0: that Ben. However, the mid-season draft is coming up.
1: Yeah, but they don't come straight in and play first week. Well, it
0: depends because sometimes they do. Like, you look at the year, like Marlon Pickett, you look at Buddy, um, like, uh, who was Pickett the other one? In,
1: Pickett yeah, came Pickett, in in the final. Yeah, Pickett would
0: have, but he came in the final, but he would have come in straight away. And that, like, some of these guys getting picked up at their mature age, you're only picking, no. unless it's like North Melbourne when they took the key forward in Edwards. Some of the, if you're taking someone who's a mature body um you you're kinda of pigging them because you want them you might need them in straight away. So it depends on the club and it depends on their scenario. Um the bombers yes. are gonna probably have a few. So if they if the bombers were to pick up a kid, well then it's possibly no unless they put in games into it. If they picked up a mature age player, then all of a sudden it's like, Well, the only reason you're picking that guy up is to play in.
1: They generally don't play too early though now there has been exceptions where they've been in the VFL for that club so they already know the systems etc it would have to be an extremely a, impressive rookie to get picked up b an extreme need from the club you know if there was a big tall ruckman and all of a sudden that's like oh hey we you know hawthorn at this point in time it's like come on in this is the system and try and like right figure it out go because all, all the tall stocks are hurt then that kind of makes sense but well, i would not be banking on any of these players
0: the the um, one. The club I am thinking of, and not to, sorry to butt in there with your Benny boy, is West Coast, because they've already been playing these guys and that. So I'm expecting them to, a couple of those guys who've been supplement players, to be added to their list, and they've already been playing one or two games. Now, that'll be the interesting part, because a couple of them, I don't know if they've been listed on Supercoach still, because you couldn't actually pick them up. So if, um, who was the guy for them that got 100? uh that uh that that game, yeah, um, I can't remember his name, yeah, so if he if he was listed, I'd be interested to see if Supercoach then update it with his hundred in there, or if he kind of just starts flat again at hundred and two k, so uh yeah, West coast extremely relevant, and that depending on what they do,
1: yeah, it could be just like whose line is it anyway, where the points don't exist, the <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> um, points don't matter, <laughs> the points don't matter, so I guess we'll we will wait and see, but. The one that stands out clear as day, it's Mr. Cleary himself. Luke Cleary, middle by. So again, difficult component. But um, if you don't have Cleary and you have a Martin in your forward line and you want to get rid of him and you have yourself a De Koning or a McCartan in your defensive line, and probably if they're in your defense, they're probably on your bench because most of them had been for most of the year, then the easiest scenario is bang, get rid of um, Martin in your forward line move De Koning or McCartan into your forward line and play them on field and then bang, put Cleary into your defense. That's probably the easiest scenario. If you're trying to free up cash, you still get a couple of players that are doing really well that you wish you could probably play on field in your defensive line. And you only need to last them for a week because after this week, don't forget after this week, it's best 18. So after this week, it doesn't matter if you have rookies on field, et cetera, because you're going to be playing them anyway over, you know, premiums will be missing. So don't stress too much, right? Even I'm even considering the slight pain of playing a forward rookie for one week only, call it the one week special and taking the Bontempelli scenario where, um, you know, I'll know that in a week's time I can push him forward. And I'm just assuming that Bontempelli and, and a rookie, right, will score me more than Raoul and Martin. Um, which should be a probably pretty easy banking uh, for this week. So, Cleary, Swiss, what do you think?
0: Yeah, mate. Um, a guy at work to me said, "I can't believe people have traded Martin out." This was on Monday morning at work. I've gone the moment Supercoach opened. I traded Martin to Cleary through SDK, and that it's um, if you didn't go Rory Thompson or Buku, and unfortunately those who jumped on Rory Thompson, poor Blokes injured again, um, and you waited for Cleary, well, it's just a no brainer there. Um, if you've brought in a couple of these rookies last week, then that makes things a bit more difficult for you to um to navigate. Uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, Cleary definitely looks very settled in that back line. They brought back Tim O'Brien, didn't affect his scoring in any way. So yeah, there's definitely a role there for him at the moment. And yeah, the dogs win and rookies are playing well. Well, there's no reason to drop them. So hopefully the dogs keep winning and he keeps playing well. And uh, and it's yeah, that's locked in for me. Um, I know yep. a couple of people like how many dogs can you bring in and stuff. So obviously that depends a bit on your buy structure as well. If you're a head to head player, go nuts, load up on every bulldog you possibly can get and that and start with Cleary there.
1: Yep, I agree. Uh, also projected to go up 107,000 over the next two weeks. So basically two weeks he has to buy around. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it wouldn't be far after that, that you could probably even try and upgrade or try and bank a little bit of cash to maybe move, or upgrade someone, an existing premium already on your field. I think it's definitely a valuable decision. And his scoring has been extremely good as well. So he is definitely one to look at. Um, the other one is Cooper Stevens. Now, he, I know he had, he was a substitution in one of the games, came out. And uh, what did he score? 64 this week, which I thought was quite impressive. And he scored a 66 in his first round out. So Dangerfield, again, calf tightness. Um, I reckon they said that, a uh, calf issue. I think he, they reckon he might even miss a couple games now. Yeah and try and build himself back up again, get some confidence. Uh, Hurt my draft team immensely. And uh, there goes the Dangerfield shout-out that I was saying. I'm like, hey, everyone, Dangerfield's 450K and usually finishes strong. You can scrap all that this week. But Cooper Stevens now does become more relevant. Um, I'm wondering where the other Geelong mids are coming from because I'm just trying to think. I know Duncan's been horrible this year. Who's the Menengola? Where's he
0: at? Yeah, so I was just, I was just looking that up. Uh, um, Menengola continues to still be out um, he's, with that knee soreness and that. So they, they keep listing him as a test. It's still a test this week. So that's just kind of one to watch. Uh, Narkel withdrew with an ankle injury. That's why so he probably should be up and ready for this game. Um, you know, Shawnee Higgins is more that sub-candidate these days, but he's a test with that that soreness that he's carrying and that. So they do have plenty of kind of options. Um, They're talking about Dangerfield, probably come back after the buys now. So Geelong, just the way it kind of goes with them, they do cop a few injuries in saying that Cooper Stevens is always that chance that, say, if they brought Narco in, they might put him in the sub. So I don't like it because just they kind of chop and change each week and that and you kind of don't know what Scott's going to kind of do with those rookies. He's he's never been a big fan of playing the rookies unless they've come through like, like the Stuarts and Atkins and mature age that have come through the Geelong system. But the uh, the natural kids, you know, outside of probably the Conning who's doing fantastic and it probably shows that he should be playing more kids because yeah, you know, he looks so good so and Steven's well, has De done a also Conning's
1: He's also built his time over the but last that, couple of years is which is probably which the
0: thing as well. They, but, but Cooper Steven's has been there for a while.
1: Yeah, well they make them work and do an apprenticeship because yeah. they are they do have an older side. So generally when they do come in, they have a bit of body of work in behind them. Uh they know their system inside and out. So it's like you come in and do your role. It's not you come in and you're, you know, Horn Francis and you're like, Hey, you are the the lifeblood of our team and please save us you know it's uh, a little bit different so and he's out it, it the is door interesting
0: soon <laughs> oh mate, sure, Grimmau, yeah. mate.
1: <laughs> who, who takes sneaky trips to adelaide because oh, you have a day off just to go say hi on mother's day
0: and, and nobody's got a problem with, it. if he told the club but the fact is yeah, he sure. he, he's gone oh yeah no, i'm just missing and then apparently misses with hamstring soreness and that now i don't know how much related both were but yeah, if you're a North fan, maybe just <laughs> well, turn off now because it's like, oh, I feel for
1: It's like telling your missus you're going to a mate's house and yeah. you find out that mate's a chick. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, like, right. there are just yeah. some things well, you all, kind of just you, need to do. All the disclose. boys have
0: ended up at, back at the strip club and that, and they're like, and she's like, you know, as you're going to the strippers, you're going to the mate. Well, you know, you just expect it, don't you? But it's it, it's definitely oh, a concern for him. And well, they, I'm and not going to lost... dive into
1: that conversation, Swizz, but I don't. <laughs> they, I don't lie about they that lost stuff. They're
0: two um, recruiting guys as well with the mid-season draft coming up. Oh. Uh, they have had a poor North. Like if you're a North supporter listening, and I know like those who are turning up, you, you guys turn up no matter what the situation. But if you're a North supporter who or member who didn't turn up last week, you got to get to their game this week. Just get around there, boys, because they need your support big time at the moment.
1: Yeah, let's recruiters, man. Let's. Um, uh interesting but let's move on from that so we've already touched on so stevens i don't mind stevens with the danger field issue like i know he's still basement price which is beneficial but again there is a bit of risk in that and again it is that middle buy so there you go i've got chris in my head going middle buy middle buy (laughs) uh fits your buy structure i don't know why he sounds like a parrot um i guess that's chris the pirate
0: that's how you need to do chris's voice from now on
1: (laughs) the other one is um now I could be saying that completely wrong, but here's the issue. So he started off pretty horrible to start the year, right? So he started off with a 29, horrible. People started him. He was then like sub, I think, for a seven, bugger all. The last two weeks, however, he's come back in 61 and then a 96. Now, I don't like it because it's $168,000, right? If by some chance you needed a mid to kind of go in, then, Swizz, if you were tossing up between Stevens and Saligio, right, Again, I probably butchered that. Which one would you be sort of leaning towards as far as a midfielder? Oh, Roger Hollands. So. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. that, that's how I feel about both of it. And you know what? Fuckin the a. Crows have changed up ever since Sloan got injured. You know, they've moved Sam Berry into that midfield. Haitley's come back into that side. Uh, Saligo played on the weekend and, you know, obviously had the right role in that. So they are putting some of the young fellas. Still thought was back. So you can see what the Crows are trying to do. But does he fill me with a lot of confidence going forward? No that so it'll be a no for me if you're really desperate Cooper Stevens but <laughs> I'd rather have the freaking I'd just go all- in on elijah you, if you had you no know what's choice. funny
1: what's funny is that I was trying to come up with a scenario where maybe you could pick between the two and try and sell it and then you bring <laughs> me you bring me logic that I agree <laughs> with and it's and uh, again I'm not saying that it's going to be right or wrong because I don't know what the future will hold but again I'm sitting there going yeah you know what I would bring in elijah Hollins over those two so there you yeah. go uh, I don't like bringing in rookies early but it's just Sometimes you got to do it. Sometimes you just have to bite the bullet. Um, Joel Jeffrey speaking of biting the bullet. Now, Joel Jeffrey, we're talking – some people are going to get very excited saying, oh, my gosh, Joel Jeffrey got a 95, everyone. He's he's a rookie. But if you have a look at his week against Fremantle – now, I know Fremantle defensive systems are really tight-knit. I know – here's the two positives, right? I'll maybe even – oh yeah, two positives, right? Hawthorne this week, North Melbourne the week after. So the positive is he does have two pretty good opportunities to kick some goals before they're by. So there's the benefits. Now the negative side is he scored twenty five against Fremantle. So that's definitely a possibility. That's definitely in his system. I checked, He he wasn't the sub that game because I was like, oh maybe he was, you know, maybe they brought him on. No, he just scored twenty five. Um, the other thing to consider as well is that he kicked five goals against the Western Bulldogs. He was the most influential player. He kicked five, which is kind of annoying because Sam De Koning still hasn't got a Rising Star <laughs> nomination, even though I, 100% I would put money on De Koning getting the Rising Star nomination for this week. And he might not even have a great game, but the body of work he has done, uh, I know in some of the group chats – with Catter and a few of these other boys are sitting there just raging like Sam de Kooning. It's like, well, mate, a rookie's popped up and kicked five goals. kicked one, And uh, what does he have? Goal of the year nomination as well. Kicked one over his head like soccer. There's not much you can do about that.
0: It's a bit like Gipkis as well, mate. But they're defenders, so they always get pushed to the back. It's just the way the world world works, unfortunately. And they're doing nothing wrong. Their body works great. But the ones that are always kicking the goals or in the midfield racking up the positions are always the ones
1: that you know, get the awards. Well, Stanley is good at masking his emotions with... <laughs>
0: Um, I don't even know where to go with that. Now, Joel Jeffrey, uh, think Jack Gunston. That's the sort of height he is, is that, you know, more that third, second, third tall, Um, and that's the problem. He's a a second, third tall in the Gold Coast forward line. Yeah, they've got some easy games, so hopefully he's going to continue on and kick some goals, but, yeah, I wouldn't be touching a forward like that. Um, Yeah, once he played six or seven career games, it just doesn't um, fill me with a lot of confidence going forward because you're going to get those weeks where, yeah, he's going to get blanketed by, you know, he's going to get a proper defender, um, even like like Hawthorne. So, well, they're going to go probably Sicily to, uh, what, Choll. So then Jeffries probably gets a, not a bad matchup this week against um, um, Granger-Barras. But then if they play North Melbourne, North still have a couple of decent key tours like Ben McKay um, will go to... Chole, but then they'll get Aiden Cole, for example, or go to Joel Jeffrey and that, and that's not an easy matchup for him. So we've... After that's think,
1: Adelaide too. So Adelaide yeah. have quite a lot of intercept defenders, which, you know, they're not going to give you an easy run at, it, at all either.
0: And that, and that's the thing. Like a lot of people go, yeah, West Coast, and they're, you know, play like you're playing them and they're going to score... And it's not necessarily the case because you look at their defender defense line, and you know you got McGovern and Barrass and and Witherton and that. Now Hogan got off the chain this week, and there's usually one against um, when we played them. Tommy Lynch got off the chain, but some of these teams still have good players in those areas. So you've got to look at matchups. And yeah, I don't like Joel Jeffrey there. We're against the dogs it's it's known that they don't have a great tall defense and that they, they do struggle. And, you know, they've brought it across Timmy O'Brien to try to fix that. But outside of Alex Keith, they don't really have a known defender. So, of course, Jeffrey, if if there was ever a game for him to get off the chain, it was going to be against the Dogs.
1: I do agree. Um, moving on, I think. So I'm just trying to have a look. I can't really see too much more noteworthy things. I mean, Coleman's done well to the last couple of weeks, but I wouldn't bring in Jeffrey. Jacob,
0: Jacob Weir. Um, played one game, played his first game. Finally, I think he was a, a selection for a lot of people last year. Um, so he finally came in and played, kicked a nice goal, playing off that half back. You know, he, I think at times, like and as I said, I didn't see a lot of the game because of my wife performing. So, um, but I think he had a bit of that Cooper Hamilton role. So that will be interesting for Cooper Hamilton owners to see what McVeigh and Heard and what they do going forward there, because I thought Cooper Hamilton played really well the week before. But we did nothing wrong this week. So I don't think they're going to be playing both of them. Um, so you might be waiting a little bit longer for Hamilton to come back yeah, in. Yeah,
1: Hamilton only had ten touches in the seconds, which that doesn't screen pick me, does it, now, considering he went really well for two weeks in the AFL. Uh, or three weeks, should I say, it's a little bit concerning. Um, benefit as well with where is that um A, he's a defender, so that's probably gonna be a really good opportunity. And it'd be looking at a price rise, I think, around thirteen. Because he'll play this week. They have the buy the week after. So it's kind of annoying in the fact that you'd probably bring him in for round 12. So it might actually be a really good sort of point. To, if he plays this week, he's named for round 12. You need to free up some cash. The ones that have that buy as well. So Sam De Koenig, you're looking at McCartan as well. He could be a really good option to downgrade, free up a couple of hundred thousand and make an upgrade knowing that he also plays that round and hopefully has a good round to get you some points on field. So Uh, He's someone I'm looking at, but not early. It's only if he's playing round 12 that I would see him as a beneficial to me. I don't need him outside of round 12. I'm pretty much looking at him for the buys. And if I can get a rookie that's playing round 12 and free up cash, I'm like, cool. Hopefully you get me a 60 to 70. That's what your job is for the year. That's it. Swizz, you reckon that's pretty spot on?
0: Yeah, I think that's spot on, mate.
1: All righty. Yeah, Hamilton's still... Yeah, it's a big pain in the in the backside. Uh, Rioli as well did a little bit better this week. Kicked some goals, which he is always good, beneficial. Mate. Generally, he looked, did you know, Mikey and that saved
0: the, himself the week before and said, "Demer, I'm I'm just going to rest up for the uh, Dreamtime game." And I was surprised he probably didn't score as much as he did, but he didn't actually get as many possessions. He just looked dynamic. He was always chasing. He was near the ball. It reminded me a bit of a kind of a slower version of Tipper. But it's just that defensive pressure. You knew that there was somebody chasing one of those bombers players, and that, and yeah, now he he definitely um cemented his spot for at least another week in that in that side. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes against Sydney and
1: backs up this week. He did a lot of work without getting a stat, and yeah. without getting a stat, it's also you don't get any super coach. So if someone sees you coming, like yes, you put pressure on a new force. Maybe the kick's not as good, or you kind of force them to kind of do something they don't want to do. But unless you get a tackle and holding the ball you he's just putting pressure on for his teammates so yep. there's there's definitely a lot there that doesn't get rewarded it's not like you get a run 1% off from just chasing someone for a bit like it's um the, hoping the, for those sort of flip the sides
0: good side the coach kind of likes those things so just oh, it yeah. gets shored up a little bit more on
1: that yep and that was the uh, the mistake that I was talking about for my side. Uh, I may have um, dumped Rioli in and out. He's <laughs> seventh super coach. I'm like, well, I don't need you for the I don't need you for the buys. I don't I need you for money, and you don't have any money, so I'm gonna bug you off and get a premium. So, that's my mistake. I'll talk about that in my team reveal probably Thursday night. I might hold myself swiss because uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do depending on teams. So I might wait for that one and get that done. And uh, as always,
0: the- as I've been doing, there, Thursday night there's no Thursday night game this week. with Sydney Richmond Friday, so I'll do the same thing. If you want to send me questions at Swiss twenty six, I try to answer them. A couple of the pods have gone a bit long the last couple of weeks. Fifty minutes, so I get takes about. Stuff them. Yeah, but stuff them all, it's great, Swiss. Mate, mate it's, uh, I know a lot of people appreciative of co- answering the questions because a lot of the questions are similar um, for people. So yeah, if you want to uh, send some in feel free to send them in and then I'll answer them and you'll have that podcast for Friday morning as you come up for team selection.
1: Well, there you go. I just sort of round them up and saying, right, generally this is what people want and I will answer your questions. Generally it looks like you're going very specific there, Swiv. So I hope people do appreciate. Uh, and if you are down in Victoria, then obviously it's a shorter postage so you can always hit up Swiss 26 and you can always, Swiss, I think it's time you got some recognition and some benefits, mate, because I keep drinking all the beers that get sent up here. <laughs> And uh, we need to hook you up at some point or another. Um, the,
0: the other half said, when are we getting some like Splash Vodka or something like that? Well, so, they are in Victoria, in so I am, I, I, am,
1: <laughs> I am about to try and hit them up for some Splash um, for some additionals because they are extremely popular. So hopefully they are enjoying the weekly and well, more, you know, multiple weekly sort of shout-outs on SplashVodka.com.au. Extremely delicious, mate. And it's one way that I can have my my little bit of a, a hit – and have a bit of a chat like we do all the time, and have a bit of a conversation. I am really trying to get onto some Australian whiskey, and um, trying to like <laughs> use that because yeah, we we like our. yeah our I, bit of
0: I, a, I want one of those uh, dieting shake companies to jump on board, and that I think that would be really beneficial for me at the moment. Why? Well, well I say I'm in the off season for cricket,
1: but your we're still journey.
0: Playing, so. But anyway, as we digress, I think we should get into these dual position players, mate.
1: Yeah, hit us with the dual position because that really does tie us in with what to do for your rows, your Martins, and basically the blend of your team and how it's going to look going forward. And we'll talk a bit about strategy about that as well. So what are these main DPPs hitting us up?
0: Yeah, so there's going to be a lot more than this, but I've talked about the main ones um, that that's sort of been discussed. Uh, the first one, the only one that I've really got on my list for defenders, Adam Kennedy. Now, he's not a super coach classic rel- relevance, but if you're a somebody who plays draft, just a sneaky one to look at um, because he does throw in the odd 80 to 90. Um, but the more relevant ones, midfields, uh, Jaden Short and Connor Rosey. Uh, Short, um, ever since probably about four rounds ago, has made that move into the midfield. And um, some weeks has been absolutely killing it. Other weeks, you know, you'd prefer him to be a little bit behind the ball, but a lot of people have him anyway. But I think that defensive midfield stat um, will just help more navigate the buys, especially um, if you've kind of got like a Hewitt or maybe a day cost you're playing and you can kind of loophole those guys around. So that'll help with that, with those people have him. Uh, Connor Rosie. it's kind of, well, Butters has um, resurged over the last two weeks, but those couple of weeks before that where Butters went 50, Rosie was playing more in the midfield again. Um, he had a, uh, I think he had a season high CBA of about seventy 72, 73%, they were saying. Uh, so, you know, he, he's definitely been a back around the ball again. Definitely some, I know a few people were looking at him as a left field, uh, move. I think with the other forwards, we're going to kind of talk about, I would put that aside. Maybe somebody to again target in your, um, in your drafts and a bit like uh, this bloke uh, Sam Berry which I know some people were discussing and that but again classic no but if for whatever reason he's sitting around your drafts but now here are the big ones uh, Ad Ruck um, Darcy Cameron so for those who jumped on um, you know he, he's it's been fantastic for us. He, he's got a bit of a Rowan Marshall vibe about oh, him, and uh, don't ben, say it. ben does not want to hear it. Um, he I made the mistake not jumping on Marshall a couple of years ago. I was not going to make that mistake again.
1: He's a pain in the ass, and the and worst part was is that as soon as as soon as Grundy went down, I had a look at his price, and I was like, boys, number one ruck, three hundred k. Got I, know, I keep talking about this because it's the only thing I can hang my hat on. Um, people hung shit on me. Right, and then I, but I went. I had to get in, so I went. No, I didn't have to, so I went and got Gorn in, made some other changes to my team, and then I went and got like Oliver and and Parker, and I just didn't get in because I was sort of upgrading elsewhere, and that's been the issue, and it's been the absolute bane of my existence because he has looked extremely well. The one thing I can hold my hat on was that Cox was playing in there. The coach was talking about playing Cox in the ruck, and I was like, "Yeah, suck it." Everyone that got Cameron. I hope he gets like a fifty. Yeah, take that. Next minute, Cox goes down with like a, a finger injury. And he looked so good, Intercept mark after intercept set mark after inner set mark. And I'm like, my God, can you just calm down, man? He got like 130. <laughs> Kudos have you got on him. That's why I'm scoring well, but everyone around me in that top thousand just keeps on creeping up and up and up and overtaking me. So I've gone from you know 400 to sliding back to you know 500 to 600 or up like losing 14 places and I'm down to about 700 now. And it's literally because of Cameron. People getting on him around me, and he, they're overtaking me because he's doing well. <laughs> yeah. That's a it, rampage of I've heard it one. It is.
0: It is. The other one that's got rock star status is Mark Blussarff's. Um, he has been absolutely killing it for Geelong. Uh, there's always the question because Stanley comes in, and then what does role does he play? And does he go back in the defence? He can play up on the wing and stuff like that. But there, there's been games there where he's been playing as the number one ruck, so he's going to pick it up. It's a bit of a weird one as ruck defence, um, but I That's guess weird. yeah. If you if you were looking, I guess as a, a, a unique d six to bring in who. As somebody, if you were to lose your ruck at some point, that you could actually move him in, it's not the worst call in the world. But he's um, yeah, he's definitely scoring well. He's an absolute purple patch at the moment. Yeah, I
1: think Scott Scott also came out saying that um, all their rucks are injured, Hmm. so it's kind of been he's been a beneficial beneficiary to obviously the situation that's going on at the moment. I'm just trying to see if there's any. uh, I think there could be a ruck with a DPP. Yeah, that's a,
0: that's a good one. I think there is one. I'm yeah. not
1: sure. I'm just trying to have a look from a low they price. Throw one in there, there it is. He's 102,000 from Carlton Dominic. I can't even say his yep. last name. Yep. He's 102,000 defender rock. That's actually not a bad. Well, little, that, that would be the thing option.
0: if you hypothetically went blue at at some point over the buys after he had his buys, and you, for example, had um, maybe Sam Hayes tap out or whoever you are three, in that, that they've got no more cash to make. And you're like, well, I just want to maximize the amount of cash I can get. Let's put the 102 k He becomes my loophole as well as then becomes a swing for you. And then it gives you the opportunity to move blue as ruck coverer. Yeah. So there's a possibility that you could do something like that.
1: Yeah, he's $15,000 cheaper than any other rock, So that would be the only occasion where I think it would be beneficial. I'll tell you the negatives though. Number one, when Geelong gets some rocks coming back in, right? Blixarves probably won't actually score as great as he has been. Uh, Number two is that as far as that loophole goes, Carlton have a lot of early games. They are playing Friday, Saturday for most of their games over the next sort of six weeks um, or at least until that last sort of part where they sort of reshuffle a few things. And again, Carlton are very much in, in um, vogue right now. So I imagine that they still get quite a lot of prime time because they, A, they have a large membership, B, they've been hanging out for a successful team for so long that everyone's jumping on them. So I can see that continuing. That's why I don't like him. I had a look at him like, oh, real cheap sort of guy. I wonder if I can then use him. And then I looked at their fixture and I'm like, I can't even use him as a VC loophole. I'm sure there's probably
0: people already actually have him. So if you've got him, maybe think about that. Now, the big ones, the big ones, this is what we're about. The two Bulldogs guys will will tackle at the same time. And that. so Bont and Bailey Smith. Now, unless Bevo goes full Bevo, to a next level. These guys are getting forward status. So I think Bont's currently 39% and Bailey Smith's yeah. uh roughly around, I think he's slightly just a little bit less, but I think they're both, both
1: around 38 and change.
0: Yeah, yeah, so Bont's slightly a little bit more on that, but unless they were, I think they would have to play like 90% midfield time this week to both miss. Um so they or Fairly confident that they're both going to get that forward status, which now changes everything what we want to do in the forward line. Like last week there was still some doubt about what we're going to do and some people did move early. Um, But now we're in that situation where – Being
1: hissed on on his manscaped bits, I tell you. Um, And that was was the risk. And I did say if you wanted to risk it for the biscuit, then Mm -hmm. I would be quite happy to bring him in. Um, I'd also said that if you wanted to be a bit safer, I'd wait for another round of data – And generally, there's less movement between one game. Yeah. So, but two games, if you went bang midfield, midfield, then you kind of you go from being probable to then not happening. Um, Now it seems extremely, extremely likely, and that changes everything. So you've got uh, Bont, you've got Bailey Smith coming in. They are both extremely high averaging players. Also, they play West Coast this week, which is why there's very much the appeal of bringing them in. I am really keen to bring one of them in. Who cares? I'm going to – Chris, I know you're talking about structure, depends everything, but I'm like, who cares? Because the points they could score me this week compared to Real, compared to Martin, could set me up, and I reckon I'd probably gain more from that than what I would lose in round 12 from an extra player. So um, that's what I'm trying to weigh up at this point in time. And it's also about which one do you bring in because they both have – one's a little bit cheaper, so uh, Smith's a little bit cheaper. Right. So he'll probably go up in price more than Bont will. So that's probably one of the main considerations that you might have. So when we sort of have a look at if I filter in these dogs and um so that's definitely one consideration. Now for me, if I had to choose between the two for the rest of the season, I'm thinking Bontempelli. Because if they have one more mid if they get a, a mid that's injured, then Bont's pretty much their guy going in. Um the other concerning factor with, you know, Bontempelli would be the fact that He's their second-highest uh, goal kicker, so they rely on him far too much, which is definitely concerning, so that's one part. Now, when they play West Coast this week, Bond will probably do well. He got 130 last week. He has definitely improved his uh, scoring recently. Um, so if we bring up his scoring, he's averaging, what is it? It's 112.7. So as a forward, like you're absolutely laughing. Uh, he's gone well the last couple of weeks, so he had that week off. And uh, he's gone 125, 130 the last two weeks. Even then, we talk about it, he's gone under 100 once, 88. And as a forward, like, I will take an 88 every bloody day of the week uh, as a bad week. Mm-hmm. So I think there's some real promising signs there. West Coast this week, he has a high score of 156, averages 113 against this opponent, and that's when they were good. Um, yeah, so what's his break even? So his break even is 91. So I expect Bontempelli will go up this week. When we look at uh, Bailey Smith, his break-even is 65. Hell, if you can find a way to get them both in, yeah, <laughs> like it's can. not a bad Otherwise,
0: idea. Otherwise, uh, I think Bailey Smith's the one over Bont this week. Well, my forward line's absolutely stacked because having uh, who I got, Dunkley already in there, Cameron Parker, Butters, Cornelio, um, and there's one other premium in there that I forgot. So I've got the six primos. Technically, if you want to count Cameron Camilo
1: and Butters in there. Is Cameron your premium? Yeah, Cameron's <laughs> still
0: a premium at the moment. Well, mate, he's scoring better than most primos. So, yes. Uh, so I, I've actually put it on one of the forums I'm on this week. What the hell, The hell? hell do I put Bailey Smith and Bont in here soon? And most people said, well, I've got to fuck off Butters when the, the time comes. So, But Butters, actually, his break-even really low and he's playing the Bombers this week. So most likely... Um, I'm trying to look in a way, can I get Bailey Smith and Sinclair because I kind of need a backman if I can possibly do it. If I can't, well, I might just go out and get Bailey Smith. And then it's a case of when um, after Butters has had his buy or some point through the buys, it'll be Butters out, Bont in. That's what I'm thinking there.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going Bont and Pelly more for consistency. Um, We're talking about him. He only had one score under 100 whereas Bailey Smith has had four scores under 100 for me. So he's still not you know bad, as in 80 as a floor. Uh, he has an extremely high ceiling. Like he's banged out some 135 or 139 or 144. So he's definitely inflated on his last, yeah you know, the 144 that he scored. Uh, but he's, again, prone to sort of drop something, especially if you get some attention. Now, the only benefit I do see is that West Coast. So West Coast... Right, when there's, if there's a player that could take advantage of West Coast on the outside, it would be Bailey Smith. Mm-hmm. It is extremely hard to shut down somebody that is fitter than you, right? That has flair, has the pizzazz, and actually can get outside. It's it's hard to kind of keep with him. So unless they physically tag him with multiple people, if Bailey Smith wants to and he shows up with the right attitude and is like, right, I'm going to dominate this game, I can't see them stopping him whereas Bontempelli if they are kind of like oh hey go forward because we want to kick some goals or maybe we're getting you know we're flogging them so well, yeah just take take 5 then i could see Bailey Smith really dominating this game but for the longevity of the season if i could choose one i'm going Bontempelli
0: yeah i think, I think he goes 110 quite, plus easy but the, the it comes down to me this week um all to do with the weather conditions in perth last week it was absolutely torrential rain um Will Brody absolutely dominated big body in that in that contest against the Pies. Absolutely smashed it. So if it's going to torrential rain again or even look like raining, then you want Bont, the inside midfielder, who's going to go forward. Not many goals he's going to score. So if he kicks one or two, that's bigger points and he's more around the ball. If it's a normal Perth weather where it's a dry day and the ball flings out to the outside, then you want Bailey Smith out on those big wings. So um, that's very the kind valid. Of- Brayshaw, they're talking into. about
1: Brayshaw too. Why is Brayshaw doing so bad? I'm like, well, mate, he's a he's a running type player. Yeah, do you know what I mean, like, yes, he can go get his own ball, but he's not notoriously like just in and under like a row. Just I want that tough ball. I want to get the ground ball. I want to get it dirty. He's the clean kind of Walsh types who can go inside and outside, but on a wet game if they're giving him attention, he's probably trying to get on the outside and there's just no real outside game in the wet. So, and Freo's
0: um, last two games have been absolutely like that. And I think there's going to be more rain this week when they play Melbourne at the G. So yeah, it doesn't suit Brayshaw as much as I it does Will Brody. So that's exactly right. You're on the money yep. there, mate.
1: And Melbourne love the dirty. They, they'll, they'll love the contested ball in and under. They'll do the dirty stuff, do it for their team, push it forward, bang it on quick footy and um, try and put Fremantle under some real pressure. So that's definitely an interesting one for me. Uh, the other one is English yeah. as well is in line to play. So that's going to be interesting if they, uh, depending on whether, of course, if they play Sweet and go, okay, well, we'll play Sweet and English can maybe be that extra forward marking option that frees up Bontempelli even more so. So if English is named with Sweet as a, a ruck combination, then I think that's extremely good for Bontempelli as well because they won't need him as much um, with a bit of two-prong sort of a, a fence. So that's another consideration. Um, I'm waiting for Thursday teams on that one. Yep. English, right. again, I'd wait to see because he did lose a lot of weight. So maybe it helps his, him being able to move across the ground because he's lighter. But again, Rucks can also get pushed out of contests and pushed out of Ruck contests easily. He's not a good tap Ruckman already. And if he now loses a bit of weight, uh, you know, for a few, couple of weeks or whatever, even still to build it back in, he might get muscled out of some contests and not even be as competitive. So I can see maybe if they are concerned in that element, then they might bring in some support. Um, and play him a bit more forward over the first couple of weeks until he gets his weight back and his fitness back, which I'm intrigued
0: to see. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Buku goes out English because it's his hometown in Perth, um, plays this week, plays up as forward, um, and they kind of restructured. All depends on that weather as well, but restructured the smalls around him. Um, a couple other ones. Um, Rowan Marshall's in line to get it, um, depending on sort of his split this week with Ryder. I still don't really like him as a dual position. If I knew Ryder was carrying injury or looked like he was going to go out, then it might be a situation to jump on. Um, from a rookie point of view, we've got uh, Benny Hobbs and Robbie McComb, um, both midfielders who are going to pick up that forward status. So that could come in handy for those who have them through the buy period um, and maybe to sort of swing players around and, and cover more positions if you need be. Um, and then a couple of the ones that aren't going to pick it up I know there were some rumors about Max Gorn and Travis Boak, um, but that isn't going to be the case they're going to get close depending on sort of their roles this week and Boak's obviously been playing a lot more up forward um, Gorn when Jackson's in does go up the up forward a lot more but yeah nowhere near enough that they're going to get I think Boak's going to probably get closer than what uh, Gorn might get but I think Gorn's sitting about 28% last I heard so something would have to dramatically change this week. and you know, even if he played 100% forward, it's not still probably not going to happen. So, yeah, yeah, then hold off on those two.
1: Oak, for me, probably round 18 if he continues his latest split. Uh, Max Gorn, I don't think, will get it. And the reason is, you know, as we spoke about, this was my, I guess, uh, I was hypothesizing or I was making some inferences at the start of the year talking about Max Gorn and going, okay, well, you know, I mean, Melbourne are playing finals. And they are, I think, two games clear on top anyway. Uh, they know they're playing finals. So why would they bust balls against weak opponents? So I was worried about, A, them resting him a bit or playing him you know, not as seriously when they had weak opponents. And I was also concerned uh, about the end of the season and them resting him. So I think it's probably the first version. Because they are so far ahead, I don't see them really resting him at the end of the year unless they need it. But they're kind of giving him a bit of a freshener up at this point in time anyway. Get closer towards finals. Get into the back end of the year. I think Max Scorn's going to tear this competition a new A-hole. Because you want to be hitting finals in peak physical condition. You want to be in your best touch ever. And I think as you get closer towards that sort of last six rounds, I imagine in our Supercoach finals series, I think Max Gorn will probably be the highest averaging player over the last five weeks. That's my prediction. Because he will want to be absolutely dominating, getting the most of the ruck time, smashing it out in that last sort of pit just before finals hit. And I think it'll be scary.
0: And mate. the reason I support you on that one is the the more they win, the more I think they're going to want to keep winning and be the that, that club that goes the you know not you know twenty two and zero, which is nearly impossible to like. What club has done it? But it's their opponents on the run home, so they've got uh, they've had some easy kills lately, and even Freo this week at the G. As much as Freo been playing well up until two weeks ago. Um, yeah, that that should still be an easy win for Melbourne. Um, but as you come up to sort of what is it round fifteen, fourteen, you know, they've got the Lions, they play the Cats down at Geelong, the Bulldogs was their grand final opponent. Um, they've got Carlton and Brisbane the last two weeks. So they're massive games to kind of, I think, say to their opponents who are going to be their opponents in finals, you're just to show how far behind they are. Um, there, there could be that case where, you know, we've seen clubs in the past go, okay, we're not going to show you all our tricks now and everything like that. And I know like Kevin Sheedy back in the day used to do uh, the Bombers and then they'd come out and beat them in the finals and sort of give those teams hope. But I don't think Melbourne play that way. They are very I, much of, okay, we're playing against the best. We're going to show you why we're so much better than them. And uh, the
1: psychological yeah. edge that comes with it, because even when they play them, like, oh, man, we don't want to play – Melbourne, you know, it's anytime you see that matchup, then automatically you're in their heads. That psychological edge is definitely underrated, I think, as well. Yeah.
0: They're going to drop, they'll um, probably drop a game. It'll probably be like Adelaide or something like they did last year, just out of the blue. But I think against those big, the, those top opponents, um, they're going to be setting themselves.
1: Well, you know, they're going to lose two games and it's to Brisbane, right? Both. Um, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> I think they'll probably lose a game. It's hard to maintain that momentum and. When Melbourne lose a game, it really just steals their focus. Um, you know, there's nothing that says, okay, well, let's let's you know they're kind of going okay, but then all of a sudden it's like, well, we've done something, and they go, oh right, we need to sharpen up on this, we need to sharpen up on this, and you, sometimes you don't know unless you get really get tested or exposed in a particular area. And I'm sure they would rather lose something now to kind of steal their focus or shift a few things to go, okay, well, let's make sure this never happens again if a team does X, Y, and Z. I'm sure they'd rather that now than later. Um, also want to touch I'll, on I'll just Marshall. I'll make a Marshall. prediction
0: with that, Benny. I'll make a prediction yes. that Jake Bowie's going to be out one week with like the COVID protocols or something and they'll like lose. that. They'll lose and the story will be about Bowie. When Bowie plays, they do not lose and that.
1: That's actually a great prediction I like that that's that's one of those um, new uh, was it um, newspaper headlines yeah um, last thing I want to say about Marshall as well is that you don't have to do anything they play he plays this week he then gets the uh, change for position while they have the buy so hypothetically speaking you have two weeks and what's two days for Ryder to get injured and if that's the case then pretty much you jump on but again it's hard it's a hard jump too because this is going to be part of the strategy talk that I wanted to kind of touch on just briefly. Beforehand, right? When we talk about this season and seasons generally, it's kind of like okay, let's look at value. Let's look at value. Let's look at value. Now, because of how blessed we have been. If you've jumped on a lot of these, so a lot of the top teams have jumped on. I guess we'll Clark, <laughs> uh, Cameron. Sorry, should I say the difference is is that you know people even you know um people that went Kurnow and stuck with him you know has dominating. He's like four hundred fifty thousand now. He's gone up two hundred fifty thousand. It's ridiculous. Brody's, your Canelio price checks, your, all these rookies that have performed, your De Konings, your McCartons, a whole range of different sort of teams and people that have done well, right? This year, probably more than any, it's kind of more important to try and make sure you really try and lock up some of those top six players. And this is a best opportunity you're going to get with some DPP because not many people had, well, Smith, yes, he was a flash in the pan earlier in the year and they're being kissed on the absolute you know what, but, you know, Bontempele is fairly low owned, like 7%. So if you can jump on these players and put them in your forward line, it is extremely strong, right? You do not want to be stinging out. You do not want to be taking a shortcut and going, oh, I'm going to get to Goey because he's 400,000. No, you need to pay up. You extremely, extremely, extremely need to pay up the dollars and get some better players. Now, it might be a difficult decision because you might have a Butters and he's averaging you know 90 to 100 and Smith's averaging you 105, right? Marshall would be in that mix where if he does get forward status, if Ryder goes out, you could probably go, okay, well, that's a risk-reward scenario. He's priced extremely well, 450-odd thousand, and he could bang out 105 to 110 average as the sole rocks, so that would be a great risk-reward. But other parts of this of the field, we have so much cash generally We've still got players on our bench, McCartan, et cetera, that are 320, 330,000, which we just don't see, right? Coming into the buy rounds. Now, midfield is one area you probably could stinge on because I think we're expecting to get some forwards for maybe 480, generally 480, 500,000. You get a, a defender or, or, you know, 480 to 520, depending. So, defenders and forwards, you can usually stinge on a little bit because, you know, they have some lower games occasionally and you can pick them up. Now we're being blessed with an expensive Smith, an expensive um, Bontempelli, right? You might need to kind of go somewhere a little bit cheaper in that midfield to finish your team as a compar- like a compromise. So when you kind of go, okay, well, if I go uh, Bontempelli in my forward line, then maybe I need to take the sacrifice if I was going to take one and go, okay, maybe I need to get a Merritt or a Tom Mitchell or someone who has the potential to go up in the history to go 110 115 on the run home knowing that I'm not going to get a forward at 500,000 and that's how it all sort of ties in as far as you know a bit of uh, benefits and um, compromise if you can afford to go hey I'm going to go Callum Mills for 630,000 and I'm going to go Bontempelli for 570,000 and I'm going to go Smith for 570,000 then kudos and good on you. But generally, most of us are going to have to look for some value on some line, and uh, I think that's why some people jumped for Sinclair and Smith last week because they were both great value. And if you did that, kudos to you because they both paid off extensively. Swizz, what are you thinking with the sacrifice and making sure you have top six in the line, particularly in forwards?
0: Yeah, I saw a few last week. I think Team of the Week had what Houston, Dawson, and Sinclair on their defense and that, and all playing quite well. And if you jumped on them, I know – a few did end up jumping on Brad Crouch last week, and as much as you can debate that, to the sun comes home, the guy still managed to score a 120, and he's gone up the value. So, yeah, you definitely um, because most of our forward line, we can, at the moment we're keeping Will Brody. Like he's the fourth. If you look at averages, actually, well, you take Tim English out of the equation because he's obviously been out injured, and we'll see how he comes back and that. But you've got Dunkley at two. Uh, Heaney, which a lot of people have at three, Royal Brody, and Luke Parker. So that makes up a lot of people's um, four lines. And then if you've got your, like, um, on total points, you've got Cornelio is eighth overall and Zach Butters is still 12th. Um, you've got those who have picked up Cameron, um, and then some people have sort of your Trelaw and Libbers up there too. So there's not that many spots left to uh, find the find a forward. So the only two you're going to be looking at, if you've got two spots, which most people probably only have that one spot anyway, is bringing Bailey Smith and then maybe a side swapping, a Canelio or Butters or Darcy Cameron, if he was to come back into a bond. Um, so I think you've probably got to find the cash for one of them. And as you, as you said, they're both going to, you know, Be five seventy Bond could even be over six hundred. It's a lot to pay for a Ford. I don't can't remember too many Fords. Maybe outside of Dangerfield having to pay that much for a Ford, it is usually that value spot. So, yeah, I get the sacrifice, and that's where um, you know I I jumped on there last week, and I'm still not disappointed because of his run. But I was sort of debating him versus Sam Walsh um, as that guy, but because I wanted one of them as my M seven, and then who would be my value at it? Yeah, mate, now, as you said, if you're good enough to be able to go out and get the money to get these guys up, you yeah, know, credit to you. But at the same time, um, I think a lot of us are now going, well, who's that, you know, value forward that we normally bring in? Well, we don't have that option this year. And and, and you've r- rattled off some of those names there who are going to get nice and cheap around that buy time. So, yeah, I'm very much tracking Zachy Merritt. You know, you can't, can't dismiss Tommy Mitchell for what he did on the run home last year. Uh, the Hawks are kind of a bit different now because of Mitchell. Um, yeah, you know, I know a couple of people were discussing Ollie Wines last week uh, because he, you know, we know what he did last year coming back from the, uh, that Brownlow. Um, Kelly's now kind of priced himself out. Jack Steele will be an interesting one when he comes back if people can wait that long, but I think he'll be probably too far down. Um, well, closer to the end of the season, so that will make things difficult. Um, I wouldn't be going near five, so there's not too many other options that for us to look at. Maybe Jared Lyons could be possibly if depending on how McCluggage is. Um, you know, definitely looked back back better around the ball the other day. So yeah, yep. you've got to. I think that's where that M eight position is going to be different for a lot of teams because we're all going to be trying to chase that value.
1: And it's funny because someone asked me about Lions, even, I think it was on YouTube, and I just said, look, if there's an injury in the Brisbane midfield, then, yeah, go nuts. But he was kind of um, doing the team role, and he definitely benefited um, doing better this week. Now it just depends on how long the injury is, so I guess we'll wait and see. Um, could be today or if it was announced, I'm not sure, or tomorrow. Generally, they'll talk about injuries uh, that Tuesday, Wednesday period. Uh, he is one that I'd be considering. For me, I, I don't know. I think Zach Merritt had, uh, came back from an ankle, and he had a really bad round. Um, I know Parrish is kind of the go-to, but Zachy Merritt, generally he's reliable for games outside of his ankle injury that he had. And even then he was so quick to come back. And he has a history of going 115 plus in the back end of the year. So he'll be low 500s. I think it's extremely tempting. I prefer his role over Tom Mitchell's because Titch is still playing 50-50 CBAs. So I know he's still been racking it up and, and all the rest of it. And, uh, I know he's extremely attractive, but because his role is not a hundred percent pure gut mid, it's still going to cause some kind of fluctuation and variance. Now I'll tell you the other good thing though, for Tom Mitchell is that their draw is extremely soft. When we talk about possible killers, um, and you know, trying to win leagues and different matchups and the rest of it, Tom Mitchell is not highly owned. He's in 3% of teams. So that's a first benefit. Right, they play Gold Coast this week, so he could get a pretty good run there. Collingwood next week, so their midfield is definitely sort of trying to go more youthful outside of Adams, etc. But Fremantle, the dogs, a bit harder. Then they've got GWS, Adelaide, West Coast, North Melbourne, Saints, and then the Gold Coast again. So, what, Saints, a decent side? Outside of that, right, you're kind of looking at, okay, well, Gold Coast, Fremantle, uh, Gold Coast, Collingwood. Decent enough that he could do well. Fremantle and Dogs, harder. Round 16 to round 21. The only good side there is St. Kilda. GWS, not great. Adelaide, West Coast, North, Saints, Gold Coast. I could easily see him do really well. His average against the opponents is generally quite good as well through that region. So I'm kind of intrigued to move on him. You don't have to do it this week. His break even is 125, so you could even just kind of wait and see a week. He's already under 500,000. The benefit is he also has the last buy, which is probably the only reason I'm actually probably looking at him, and it's one of those hit and hope scenarios where you're like, okay, let's hope that the titch of old comes back. Let's hope that he has a big back end of the year like he did last year. And again, knowing for the fact that you're not going to be able to bring in a value forward, so instead I'm going to bring in a value midfielder that has the potential to go 115 which is better than any forward at that price at this point.
0: Yeah, Uh, and I don't mind. Like, I got him on last year. He just gets on those heaters. I think the other thing, it'd be interesting to see how Hawthorne play this, but definitely um, Sam Mitchell came in last year and tried to move on some of these players. Now, the interest wasn't exactly there from more the players. There was a couple, you know, rumours about, you know, maybe Bruce or something who were a bit older, but your wing guards and Mitchells and that, they didn't really want to move now that mitchell's come in and he's he's shown faith in the younger guys he's not playing those guys in the the, the roles that these players want to play in so Hawthorne have two choices and that they either push them completely aside but then they lose complete all their value and that and these players will end up walking or they put your mitchells and your your wing guards and amira's in the, those key areas try to get that value back out and then come trade season, they look at trying to trade these players to clubs that, you know, are in a sort of that premiership window so they can try to get something back because Hawthorne are trying to get more talent into their side. Um, and then oh. the other left field part about that, I don't know you've got something to say about that, Ben, is it also depends on where Clarko ends up next year, too, because he... These are his boys. So um, I would not be surprised if Hawthorne going no, nope, these are the guys that we need to try to get value out. We're hoping Clarko maybe lands at the Giants or the Suns who will take one or two of these players and let's try to fleece them for as much as they
1: can. Maybe that's part of why um, the deal when Clarko left, like, hey, boys, I'll leave and I'll pay you back in uh, twofold. Now, I kind of disagree a little bit. I know if they do go back into, that, into their role, then it does improve their commodity, right? But if they wanted to stay, then it's almost like it's almost Mitchell is his way to say, no, 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 you're going to do the team thing and I'm going to play you here. So that way when they get to the end of the season, it's like, right, boys, so we spoke last year about you know you maybe seeing the, the talent. Everyone knows how good Tom Mitchell is. And then when they go to the negotiations, it's like, yeah, well, he played 50% forward, you know, 50-50 sort of split or whatever or played some, you know, not too many CBAs, et cetera. But everyone still knows the value that's there. So, I think he won't really diminish too much in value. You know, Omira, I guess you kind of know what you're getting. Um, Chad Wingard, et cetera. So, it it is an interesting scenario.
0: It's like on the poker table here, it's just bluffy, a bit of bluff with because they. Definitely Sam Mitchell wants these players to move on. He wants as much value out of them as possible. And as you said, it's very much as like if I play them out, I'm getting games into the guys I want to, and it kind of forces them to move. But at the same time, do other clubs go, well, they're disgruntled now. We'll pick them up cheaper. Or do they do the double bluff Hawthorne and go, we'll put these guys in the role. They get their role and they go, well, we you know, we don't actually want to lose them, but I guess if you're willing to cough up the right draft pick. So, you know, the clubs do sort of start playing this, um, of a game at this time of the year, those who aren't in a chance of, of making finals and that. But in saying that, Hawthorne actually won on the weekend and that. And, you know, that, that eighth spot is still up for grabs. So the, if the Hawks win with Mitchell playing in there and they actually win some of these easy games, you just never know that, you know, that they could be that sneaky chance for the eighth. Like, I I think it's more the Bulldogs, uh, you know, Richmond, Saints, those sort of teams fighting for it, Geelong, um, that, you know, that sort of seventh, eighth position. But if Hawthorne were to get on a roll here with these fixtures, or we talked about Adelaide last week, if they were to get on a roll with that that fixture, anything could still happen. So, yeah, that will be very interesting come that second half of the year.
1: Interesting, because Sam Mitchell was on AFL 360, I think it was just tonight. I might have been just catching a, a glimpse live but uh, he was talking about you know Ratten was also on, so he was talking you know in the coach's box, and he was saying, "Well, Ratton threw a few things at him, and you have to try and adjust." And then he he you know Ratten got the the better of him in that game, and then they tried to really go and make uh, you know crazy changes to try and flip it and win. So it was one of those ones where, "Hey, well, we could lose by sort of five to ten goals, or we can try and win this game." And in the end, they actually lost by a little bit. So um, he's not afraid to sort of move the magnets, and I uh, think you know. When we sort of look at you know being coached better on different days, I do see that you know they'll probably try and really push their team to try and win games if they are in the mix. And even when we saw them, when I think against Melbourne, they just sort of go 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 go, try and push the pressure. Um, teams that are head sometimes try and slow it down and control it. But if you're going manic pressure and manic speed, uh, you know you kind of build the own momentum yourself, and the other teams just trying to hold the ball and stop the bleeding. And sometimes the bleed will just keep going through. So um, definitely kudos to what they're doing. And I think they have a lot of potential. And I think we're spoken about Tom Mitchell and Hawthorne because he's probably the only relevant, outside of Sick Dog, of course, the only relevant sort of hawk uh, in that mix-up. So that's pretty much where I'm at. Now, can we talk about uh, two of the main big boys now, Martin and Rao? Can you see any scenario in which you would keep them this week? Or do you think it's just a fire sale? And we'll pair them together because they are very relevant together. Martin, it's not the same kind of Canelio argument last week where we're like, okay, well, number one, well, Chris wanted to talk about Taranto and and Canelio's possible role next week. I think the coach came out for Canelio, for those owners, saying how good it was for him to, you know, how impressed they were with him going into the midfield and how dominant he was. I don't think they're expecting that transition from that forward sort of role into that real guts role on how well he would do. So I think that's a real benefit as far as what, They gave him the job to do and how well he performed. So I think he will get more opportunities to do that in the short term. So I guess we'll see there. Um, Martin and Rao are very, very interesting prospects. And we'll start with Rao because he has so much potential and he is so frustrating at this current point in time. He got a 39. He was the lowest scoring player on my field and he's 416,000. I nearly got rid of him last week because he was, I think, a, a basically a flat 100,000. I was like, hey, he's made 100,000. Maybe I can get rid of Raul and go route to land and that way I can say at least I've made 100,000 on on Raul. Now, his break-even is 128, which means if he goes 80, he's losing another 20,000. And then all of a sudden he's 395 with another round to play. God knows what that break-even would be because that low score of 39 is now stuck in his cycle for basically the buys. And it sucks. Now, Here's the benefit. Hawthorne can be scored against in the midfield. Right? Lions did pretty well. Neil did extremely well until someone tagged him. So Shield tagged him. Rao's not the tagging type. So if they kind of put some attention into Took Miller, then it's kind of like, well, Raoul, we need you to stand up. And I'm hoping that he will have uh, an extremely good day out. Now, here's the other thing that I'm thinking about of the possibility for keeping Raoul. They play North Melbourne round 12. I have. West Coast Eagles round one flashbacks written all over it. <laughs> Knowing my luck, I'll get rid of Rao this week and he'll go okay. Maybe he'll go an 80 this week and maybe lose you 20,000. And then he'll go 140 against North Melbourne because Rao still has that high ceiling. He scored 157 against West Coast. GWS, who are also a pretty weak side, scored 103 against. Uh, outside of that, they've had some pretty good games. You know, Collingwood a little bit weaker, 99. They've had a pretty tough run. Melbourne, they played, 71, tough team. Carlton, they played, 65, tough team. Saints were obviously very dominant. St. Kilda, 64, dominant team. Brisbane, he did well against, but again, Q Clash, a lot of that there. Sydney, 88, fairly tough team. Fremantle, really tough team, 78. Western Bulldogs, again, another sort of top eight sort of range team, uh, 39. So they have yet to really play some of these bunny sides, and they have Hawthorne, North Melbourne, and Adelaide on the next three. It would not surprise me to see Raoul actually averaging you 100 to 110 for the next three rounds. Uh, Again, that's based on potential and based on the fact that we're playing against weaker opponents where an inside ball could do well because all these other good sides, guess what? They have inside balls as well, and Tuke has given away way too many free kicks because he's playing against midfielders that are better than him or more experienced, and they get the ball first, which means that he, going second, is going to put a tackle on and possibly give away free kicks, which he gave away too many. Now Hawthorne, North Melbourne and Adelaide, generally less experienced, younger midfields. I can really see him dominating the next three weeks and I'm not sure he's going to be on my side to see it. So Swizz,
0: what do you think? Okay, Well, I'm lucky that I traded him ages ago so I don't Mm -hmm. have this dilemma. However, I only saw very minimal highlights of this game but looking at his stats, six touches, eight tackles, four free kicks against. So they clearly used him to tag on the weekend. Um, clearly his number one thing was to, to tackle whoever I, I think I saw a little bit of footage of him chasing Bont around I'm gathering that wasn't the person he was tagging all day but not he's not really a tagger because of that shows with the four free kicks that he gave away on the day Um, my worry is Wits couldn't dominate that game anymore if he tried 55 hitouts absolutely killed it and if you've got a Ruckman being so dominant, knocking the ball, giving you first use, and Rail can only touch it six times, when his biggest issue at the moment is his outside game, he finds it really hard to get the ball outside. So if you're inside the in those clearances and your Ruckman's dominating, knocking the ball down to you, and you can only touch it six times, I've got major concerns of keeping him, no matter what team they're playing. Now, obviously, the Bulldogs midfield's a lot better than that, but there's nothing to stop. Them still going, you yeah, know, Rally. Um, we want to develop that side of you, or because of the other midfielders we have in there with Anderson and Miller, and now Holland's playing some time in there and stuff. Uh, well, Rally, you you just stick on your man and then try to break away from those contests when you get the chance. So, yeah, in a perfect world, and and there's every opportunity for him to come out against, say, a North Melbourne and dominate. But I think it'll be more too can I'd be trying to move for L One.
1: Yep. Um key thing to note as well is if you are ever trying to flip a coin and you're sort of thinking about the coulda, shoulda, and what's coming up, just know the fact that if you turn him, he was never going to be a season keeper, right? I thought he would do well enough to go 105 and at that point I, maybe I could keep him, but I always expected, I thought worst case scenario, Rao could at least make 150,000. And he has failed in that aspect. And after his, after I was tooting the early horn on his 157 on round one, at least I didn't waste the trade bringing him in because I know a lot, quite a few mm. people did. Um, so I guess there's a little bit of a win there. Um, but if you move him to a premium, then it's it's fine anyway. You're reinvesting that money into a better player and it's no longer about what Raul gets. It's more about what your premium scores you um, consistently rather than... Because when we have a look at him, what's he had? Two sixties. So he's had a 39, which is his worst score. Two sixties, two seventies, an 80. And he's had a 99, 103, 103, and 157. And even then, he's always gone from bad score, good score, bad, bad, good, good, eh, eh, bad. So he's not exactly consistent at this point in time. So I definitely see the value in getting rid of him. Uh, also, sidetrack on the Cornelia trend that we just spoke about before, Chris messaged us as well, saying that uh, Taranto is confirmed out for another week. So um, your mate, Abdul, mate, who will have to yeah. think about that, because I think he's got him in his side. He and, does, he uh, does.
0: Shout out to, her. was it Chris, a friend of the podcast? Thanks, mate, for that uh, information.
1: <laughs> yeah, shout out to Chris, the um, the pirate, um, yes, hanging out, with his, hanging out with his dad today So. Um yes, good old Chris. Mate, thanks for putting the um the group chat, Chris. Now, next time, can you stop messaging Facebook and please put it uh SC insider one hundred and go to any one of our uh, official platforms that <laughs> yeah. I that I manage and uh, we will be sure stop to Stop DMing uh, us,
0: mate. You know, stop the stalking.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Can't uh, join us on the podcast. De- uh, Martin, do not mate. message.
0: Let's go to Martin. Yeah, you know, I had yes. this I had this guy out all week. Um had him out still Saturday morning. McCartan goes eighty-five. I was loophole Mc uh De Conning, I think it was, and they both got 85. And I was like, well, there you go. I th- I can keep Martin now because I don't need to bring in Dawson or Sinclair. Like, what's the best they're gonna go? Like 110, 115. Of course, both go 130 plus and cost myself 50 points and cash there with Martin going down. But um, yeah, as I said, Supercoach opened and within about 30 seconds I had this guy traded out of my side. I thought his last opportunity was to against the Tigers. We've leaked some points on the outside this year uh, to Wingman, and he was definitely there around the ball on the wing, and it wasn't until the last quarter when he got himself involved. There was chains where he was near the ball, just couldn't get his hands on it. So, yeah, I've got major concerns there for Martin. Um, You know, he he has been scoring reasonable in some games and that, but, yeah, I I just think with the break even now, it's just a like, well... We, there's no real reason to keep him unless for whatever reason you had, you know, like Abdul there with Taranto and you had other injuries to deal with. But yeah, you know, I think he's first one off the, uh, out of your side this week.
1: Yep. He has a break even of 116, which means that he would need a personal best score not to lose money. Now, the only benefit is if he scores like uh what is it? A 79, he's projected to lose 16,000. So that means that you'll still have $380,000 if you want to sort of move that. But you are relying on the fact that he will score more than he has the last two weeks. So the good thing about Martin before and previously to round nine was the fact that he had a, a, a good base of 71. He has gone below that the last two weeks with a 59 and a 49, which means that at this point, based on his last two weeks, you are better off playing a rookie, uh, a Hobbs, if you can make it, or if you have it, if. Ideally if Martin's in your if Canelio's in your forward line in your midfield mix or Martin's in your midfield mix, it's an easy scenario. Get rid of them. If they're in your forward line, it gets a little bit trickier because you're trying to bring in a Bontepelli or a or a Smith, but you can't move them forward and for a week. So you might be forced to kind of play a forward rookie for one week and just hope that they kind of do well enough and get you a sixty odd. So in a perfect world you might be at a loophole. Um, Again, it's for one week. And next week, you're looking at best 18 anyway. You've now got – you'll have Hobbs. You'll have Cl- um Hobbs and Mer- – oh, what's his name? Blah, 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 blah. Um, McComb. Uh, McComb. Yeah, so you have Hobbs. Macomb will be DPP. Happy days. Hamilton, if you have him in your team, he can then go back into that mix and be able to be flexible. You're playing best 18 anyway. You've got Bonser, and Smith will be able to be now into your forward line, and Nick Martin will be a dead memory to you. Yeah,
0: if you right, no, there's, so, no, there's no holding him for another week because um, then we start the buys anyway. So you're only going to be – then you're going to have to probably hold him one more week before you bring someone in, and then he's going to drop another 20K. Um, and then you're not only going to probably have to play him on field, so you're not getting the points on field, plus you've dropped 40K over everybody else at least. Um, if you wanted that last buy – he's only another 100K to get up to Tom Mitchell. So you could have Tommy Mitchell for the next three weeks in your midfield, um, and, yeah, for 100K, that's a very easy move. Um, Yeah, something to think about.
1: No, I quite like it. I'm just trying to have a look if there's a way I can um, get multiple middies into my team, but... um... Yeah, I definitely like that. I think Martin and Raul both have to go. There's no point in being sentimental at this point in time. Just kind of get them gone, get them on. Yeah. Um, the thing with Raul as well is that because they have the middle buy, you're going to have to upgrade him in the next two weeks anyway. So why wait for him to waste cash? Um, he's gone. He's got the middle buy. Same buy as you know Miller and these other guys that you might want to be upgrading to. And there's no point in him sitting there for a whole week not even doing anything. Um, so you might as well move him on. Martin as well, first buy. See you later. Get gone and make some good improvements to your team, particularly with these DPPs sort of coming on the horizon. So yeah, it's makes better, to play,
0: move. You'd be better to move. You'd better play a rookie on your field this week in your forward line. Take a slight point loss, bring in Bont or Bailey Smith for both of them, knowing that they're going to come up into your forward line the following week.
1: Yep, I do agree. And sometimes it's best to, you know, even if when you have a look at sort of players, if you don't need them for that sort of first buy, then even being a little bit more aggressive, um, if you're going for overall, particularly, sometimes you have to cut people before they're ready, and that's just the the nature of the business. Sometimes it's like, okay, well, if you know points on field matters, so sometimes I might have to lose ten thousand on deconing and just know for the fact that, hey, like I know, you know, he's got to break even at forty three, and maybe he's going to make me another fifteen thousand, but I can get a premium this week and I can get an extra you know, twenty, fifty points or whatever it is, depending on how he goes this week, then that's an advantage you're getting on your opponents. You don't have to maximize cash. You don't have to milk the rookies dry. You just have to work out and have this kind of nice combination between, you know, money earned, getting a premium at the right price, but you just need to flip them. You need to have a bit of a balance there. You can't always try and maximize all the cash. Same way going forward, you know, Martin and, and rao they're kind of dropping cash at this point in time. So you're better off having um, combining the two, get one premium, play a rookie. Next week it's buys. Rookies kind of come on field anyway. Finish your team and you're all set. Um, a premium and a rookie probably also score more than Rao and Martin did last week easily. Yep. Easy done. Uh, any other final touches, Swiss, that you want to touch on? And then captains, I imagine. No,
0: yeah, I don't think there's any other... Real pressing issues in that. Um,
1: what about Patty Cripps? Do we want to talk about Patty Cripps for a moment and how crap he's been the last two weeks?
0: We can if you want to. That? That's probably because well, Sammy Walsh. You know what uh, they've uh, done with Sam Walsh? They've moved him up um, starting up at the half forward line and he's pushing up at that. So he's getting um, yeah a bit more outside, but yeah, just a slight little change there. That could be interesting round 18. Could you imagine Vossi continue to start Sam Walsh inside the inside 50 and get him to push up? And that, imagine, the, imagine that percentage just happened to change where Sam Walsh picked up forward status. That'd be freaking unreal. But yeah, Cripps, interesting one. But, but we've, we've said it about how Carlton's midfield works with them all in there. Like Kennedy scored really well this week. So did Hewitt, Walsh. Um, you know, so that probably means less points for Cripps and Jarrah. That each week, it, it's too, like, the dogs do it very well. But at the same time, each week, there's a Bulldog player that scores down. And then I think this yeah. week it was probably Liber and I can't remember what Trelaw exactly got, but yeah, there's weeks where Dunkley goes through the roof and McRae didn't even score that well this week. No difference to Carlton. You've got five, six midfielders in there who all have the ability to score 120 plus each week. There's going to be one or two of them. that are going to score down.
1: Yeah, I'm going to pair that with, um, because even I think it was on Jared as well, talking on some of the group chat as far as, um, you know, oh six dogs and you can't have them all because, you know, you know that some are going to do bad, et cetera. I'm like, okay, well, Yes, hypothetically if you spread your players for six forwards over six different teams and on any given week they could all do well. Yes. But based on exactly what you just said, you know, out of those six dogs, that at least a couple of them are going absolute ham and I think that kind of balances out anyway. Because two have gone extremely well that across the board, you are still going to do well each and every week because if it's not Dunkley, it's going to be English and if it's not English, it's Bontempelli or if it's not Bontempelli, it's Smith, do you know, that they just some of them are just going to absolutely dominate each and every week. And consistently, when you look at points overall, they're all doing well on average. So you can't really complain because average is pretty much what the the whole thing's about. Yeah. And if you're in your leagues, have a look, see who's got who, because I'm pretty sure not too many are going to have Bontempelli uh, or they're going to have to pay through the absolute nose to get him. So um, get on there nice and early. The the cribs scenario, I think, is, is interesting. He's been a little bit off the last couple of weeks. Last week, he sort of rucked a bit. I'm not sure if he's really hurting from, maybe he's just not getting in sync with in the in the tap work. Maybe he's sort of um, playing maybe too aggressively. He's also having to do some tap work around there. He really hurt from having so many frees against. So I can see him bouncing back and getting better over time anyway. And you know that his ceiling is already there, which was one of the benefits I was talking to Chris about his price point at the start of the year, is how uh, how high his ceiling is. So when we have a look at this year, Right. Yes, he has, he's had a few down games these last couple of weeks, but he's also got um, one, two, three, four, five scores over 130, including 151 and 162. So that's half. 50% of his games are over 130. So definitely just hold tight. He's going to be coming through pretty well soon. Um, I think it's just, again, any given week, you know, petty crips. Now, I know he hasn't had the compliment of Walsh, et cetera, in the whole team. But when Cripps gets on a roll, he bangs out 170. So there is another big score in him this year, and I mean bigger than what he's already had now because a fit Cripps, a dominant Cripps, has everything go right for him, and he will bang out 170 at some point this year, guaranteed.
0: Mate, I think it was more – there was a lot of discussion about Patty winning that Brownlow, and Vossi was like, huh, there's only one Brownlow medalist here, champ. You're going to go play Ruck, and uh, and we'll – you know." Put fire uh, we'll put the uh i will tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll
1: tell you what it was. Now it was more they want to slow him down so he shares the brand low like Voss did. Because <laughs> yeah. no, no, is they, it really a brand low if you share it, or is it only a yeah. brand low if you have to give it back? <laughs> That's right. That's
0: right. They really need pitching it back and that. So because the coining actually looks good down the line, takes a good contested mark on that. So yeah, they throw Silvani in there, they've been throwing Crips around the ball um into the ruck and that. So the quicker buddy um, Pittnet can get back. I never thought I'd say those words. The um, I know. <laughs> the better for uh, the better for Carlton structure. Right, so,
1: yep, I think that does cover pretty much everything. Uh, Cleary, Cleary has to be a big inclusion. I'd be holding McCartan and Sam De Koning as long as I could. Uh, for obviously from Geelong, Bruce should be back this week as well. So it looks like he will be in line to do that. Hayes will probably um, cap out around that buys as well. Um, are you, now here's here's a quick one. I'm talking about Hayes. We'll give him. One minute of air time because that's all he's worth at Port Adelaide. Uh, then we'll go into captains. Now, are you looking at flipping him in the buys to maximize cash and upgrading, or are you looking at holding him because um, he has a first buy? So if you have a, a Gorn, if you have if you have a Gorn, then obviously he, you could use him in the last round, which is kind of crappy because it's the last buy round and you want to have a full team by then anyway. If you have Wits, it's ideal because Wits has a second buy round, and you could then use Hayes for the second buy and then flip him. What what are your thoughts on on getting rid of Hayes or holding him through the buys?
0: Um, I'm definitely holding him through the buys because I kind of need him to play. Uh, so, yeah, he, he'll be holding there. And then it just depends on if Straddle Dick gets another chance or um, if there's a club that picks up a ruck forward who becomes 102K where I can swap around with Darcy Cameron becomes my loophole option um, in case a Gorn or Proust miss... Um, so then it's maximizing Hayes as much cash as I get. I don't need that uh that ruck forward to really play. I just want to maximise as much cash Hayes has made, and then I've got Cameron there who can loophole when I need him.
1: Yep. And if you have Cameron, I think you're pretty lucky. I'm pretty keen on English as my ruck forward sort of swing. Um Cameron would he, he is the ideal as long as Grundy doesn't come back, he's the ideal F seven. Someone that you could loophole if he goes 120, 130, then bang, you take it. If he goes a 90, then you might want to back in one of your other premiums. And he's awesome cover as well. For someone who only costs you ideally probably 350000 Um, the way this year is going, you could definitely sort of loophole a player like that if you wanted to. Uh, I don't mind that at all. For me, I'm probably looking at Hayes uh, possibly so – I can't even use him in that second buy round, which kind of hurts because I'll have Proust and Gorn. So that third buy, I don't even think I'll have haste for that third buy, to be honest. I'll probably let him maybe play that second one if he's going to make cash, or I might even just flip him. I'll probably flip him in that second buy round because I'll need a fresh player on field, and I think he might get me that. So mm-hmm. if you have wits, I think it's an easy decision. Hold him, flip him for the third buy. is probably the way I would go. Um, did you go Oliver last week, Swiss?
0: No, I've had Oliver for ages.
1: No, I meant VC. We're talking yeah, about yeah, captains yeah, VC, now. absolutely. Quit, quit I had him VC. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, me too. Great decision, great conversation as about as far as that goes. Right. Now you, when we you, have you go first
0: at- with your ruck f- um, um, vice captains because I'm your captain VC this week because um, I've uh, I've got I've got this one down packed this week, mate, and it's it's a tough week, but yeah, you go, mate. Look at that look in your face,
1: oh mate. Yeah, because i am only I've only just started thinking about it. To be all honest, right. go now there. I don't. Go there, I wouldn't. No, 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 it's all right. No, it's yeah. all right. Because I don't yeah. want this to be biased, and you tell me some rational thought that I end up taking on my okay. own. So, um no, I don't have any faith in Crips on that sort of Sunday three twenty because or any of those current players. It's too late in the round, and I don't have any faith in Crips or Hewitt to kind of really bang out a good captain score. So I'm look, I'm sort of looking at your main players, your McCray's, your um Neels, et cetera, et cetera. Now if you have wits, I think it's a very easy decision for you to have wits as a captain. However, they do play the exact same time as the Bulldogs, so that kind of does clash. Again, they're also playing in uh was it T O Stadium, so I think that's what Northern Territory. Darwin. So yep. I think that Yeah, Darwin, sorry, so it could be a little bit of an issue there. But again, North uh so Hawthorne don't actually have a ruck. Yeah, that's So that's I would the easily one. Yeah, Yeah. easily if you have him. He's going 120 or more, I believe. So you could definitely lock that in as a nice captain option. More consistent going over 120 this week than McRae or any of those dogs. So I would definitely take that. But I don't have him. So I'm probably going into – I'm going uh, Lockie Neal at the Gabba. I think he's gone pretty low the last couple of weeks, but he can definitely bang out a real big score. So I think Lockie Neal VC can't go too wrong there. And I'm probably going to – See, I like Clary, but I'll probably look at one of the dogs, and I think McCray will probably just do what he likes this week against um, West Coast. I think he'll go 120 or more, and it's definitely the sort of game that he could downward ski and get 140 or 150 if he wanted to Um, because McCray's everywhere, and McCray always gets plenty of the ball. He's always everywhere. He's the link in their chain. He definitely stays. He's not like your Bailey Smiths and trying to run on the outside and all the rest of it. They pretty much use him as a link player. He's contested. He's outside, and he hits inside 50s, and there could be a lot of score assists. So I think I'm going Neil into McRae for me and probably bypassing Oliver this week, even though he looks pretty good to his...
0: Yeah, uh, that and that was going to be my thing. If you have wits, he has your C, and I nearly wouldn't worry about him having having a VC. But you public probably VC like a Sydney player or a, or a Neil going into him. But um, like in a perfect world, if you really wanted a VC wits and that, but yeah, Hawthorne, no rucks. He's going to probably be up against Connor Nash, and then I don't actually think of anyone tall than at least like he got fifty five hitouts against Sweet last week. What's he going to do in those sort of greasy conditions when they're just balling it up every two seconds? Uh You know, it's, it's the kind of thing I'm just, just, it frustrates me so much because I had Wits starting the year and then nobody traded it at 30 seconds before the season, but oh well. Oh well. So, I thought,
1: I thought about him too. And then yes. I had English in that ruck line in style. I think I had um yeah. Grundy, Wits, Pruce, cause I was yeah. big on and, Grundy and you, this year. You I don't brought know in why.
0: English and, I, and I went Gorn, yeah. which gone still like, has yeah, been great, but Friggin' wits just killing it. I so, thought
1: about it too, but then I was so sold on bloody butters. Now if yeah. I didn't have, if I didn't have butters in my team, then I would have been. It would have been easier. I could have yeah. been Dunkley, English, uh, Cornelio, and then, and then, then gone through my, my rookies. Um, yeah, in, yeah the, so. in the ruck line.
0: Um. So yeah, for for my um cap, captain CVC and that. Yeah. Again, I think Neil versus the Giants and that. Um, I've got no issue with that one at home, and I think the Giants. It's, it's like the sugar hit last week with the new coach, and then they drop off a bit this week and that. So uh, I think that's a bit of a no-brainer. And breeder. the Lions lost. And the, the Lions, Lions lost so as I well. They so will, they'll they'll be will hurting, bounce back hard. Bounce back hard. Um, yeah, I think that could be a bit of a smashing, that one. And I don't like it usually when the games are so close, but I'll be just backing in Oliver, uh, if the if the conditions are as they're meant to be and it's meant to be a bit wet and greasy versus Fremantle and that I just think contested footy, he's going to smash it. I wouldn't mind one of those dogs, but it's kind of a hard one with West Coast. Um, teams haven't been that, like individual players haven't been scoring that great against the Eagles um, outside those, um, sort of that one player who's either the forward. So maybe like if, if you, for whatever reason, had like a Norton, and as of and you wanted to VC him, that's a good one for drafts. If you have captains and VCs in draft, put do Norton it. VC this week and that because
1: Don't do it. Um don't do it. No, if it's no. wet as well. If it's yeah, wet if as it's well. Yeah th- a
0: different story. If it's dry than that. But West Coast have been linking so many points to forwards. Um but with them, uh, the players like Canelio went nuts this week. I think Petrarca was the better of the two days. Short went really well against them. So the forward who moves and carries the ball and even able to get forward to kick goals has been the better midfielder against West well,
1: Coast. Well, last week, so, forward moving mid.
0: Yeah, so this week, uh, that's kind of your more your Trelaw, your Dunkley um, type. So I don't know if I like McRae as much against the Eagles. I still think he's solid. He's going to go 120, but... Yeah, I think some, a couple of those other dogs will be better. But then, as we said, it all depends on what sort of the conditions come in at And birth. the weather. Yeah. That's what Does I was going to say. McRae's
1: McCrae, killed it previously as well. Yeah. I think I saw one wet game against Sydney, and he had the cleanest hands out of anyone on the field. So if it's a wet weather game, I quite like McRae. Took Miller, um,
0: to bounce back in the, the the greasy, wet conditions of Darwin, um, I think yeah, we'll see one of those games where he has 10 tackles and just completely dominates
1: it yep i think that's pretty much that wraps us up i think swizz mate really good job uh, how smooth sailing is things when uh, chris isn't here sort of um bogging us down so <laughs> um also much less interrupting each other than last week because we've had three people that wanted to have their say last week which was definitely um and chris's was bad wi-fi and combine that with his bluetooth headphones there was definitely a delay and then we're all trying to talk at the same time. And man, it was painful for us as it was for possibly you. Um, that's it as well. I've uh, slight change as well. I'm gonna try and get onto the YouTube as well. Because of the longer segment, we just put it as, you know, monetized sort of segments and that automatically spaces it as far as YouTube goes. For these longer videos, I'll probably try and cut one out of every two so that the way it's more like five to eight minutes. And I think some of them were like every three minutes, which for me is an absolute pain in the ass. So Um, I do thank you for your patience and your support and it's a way that you can support us without actually having to sort of pay money and it helps keep everything afloat and keeps us doing what we need to do um, and make sure that we tick everything off on board so just notes that someone did mention something so I have looked at it and I'm like oh every three to five minutes well that's a bit stiff and for me I think for a long segment you know five to eight minutes it might come up through and maybe hopefully you can just then hit that sort of skip if you want part way through five seconds in so Um, Thank you very much for your support. Thank you for the love. And um, thank you as well to manscaped.com. Go check them out, SNSolar100. Go share the love there. Swiss, mate. Thank you, mate. And uh, you have you? You'll put your team out Thursday as well.
0: Yeah, i same as uh, as I've been doing. I'll do the ins and outs and try to talk about the relevant people for both classic and draft, and then send in your questions. And I've been trying to put the post up on Twitter and on a couple of the forums and getting through then and answering your questions. So that's might the plan.
1: Share that. Share that as well. Is it Swiss twenty six or something?
0: Yeah, Swiss twenty six.
1: There you go, Swiss twenty six. Um, get amongst it. And that is this it, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy. Let us know what your biggest conundrums are for this week. Loving all the community talk as well, particularly on the YouTube, uh, SoundCloud and all the rest of it. Mate, get your shit together. And if you're not on YouTube, get there already. Give us the support. Like, subscribe. Show us the love. Get those streams going. And uh, we'll talk to you soon because buys are a-coming. And this is the interesting part of the season. And remember, if you're not moving up ranks through the buy rounds, then you're doing it wrong. So that's it from us. Uh, Thank you again. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. Bye.
0: Bye!